It's a horrible thing. And you get a feedback loop in your, it destroys your brain. Very, very destructive. Yeah. Well, we're in Alaska, ladies and gentlemen, bounded by Canada on one side and Anchorage on the other. So, what do you know? Live from David's Concert Hall at the University of Alaska Fairbanks, it's Michael Feldman's What Do You Know from PRI, Public Radio International. That's John Tulian on piano, Jeff Hammond on bass, Clyde Stubblefield on drums, and I'm Jim Packard. In this hour of What Do You Know, historian Terrence Cole and the wedding of Jeff Benowitz and Anna Katarina Lilladal. Support for What Do You Know comes from PRI affiliate stations and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support is also provided by the Boca Foods Company, makers of meatless products with soy protein. Boca burgers, along with Boca meatless chicken patties and nuggets, chili and ground burger are available in the frozen section of your grocery store. Recipes and more are on the web at bocafoods.com. Boca, chow proudly. Now, the man who's rapidly adapted to life in Alaska, Grizzly Feldman. I'm staying until I qualify for the permanent fund. <laughs> Just got to make it till October, right? They cut, the, they cut the checks in October, I think. So. And I want to qualify for dip netting. <laughs> you know, that sounds like my kind of sport. I mean, how hard can that be? You stick a net in the water and you, and you pull out locks. <laughs> That's where locks comes from. I had no idea. I didn't either. I'm dip netting. The permanent fund, you get paid just to be yourself. What a wonderful thing. <laughs> Only in Alaska, it's a wonderful idea. You deserve it. And if you live, you get the longevity bonus. So it's just it's a perfect thing. No, you don't. No. Not anymore, huh? Okay. All right, well, so don't blame me. You take it out on me. Alaska, because it's not welfare if it comes from the oil companies. <laughs> it's not like it's a government handout or something, you know what I'm saying? That's a good thing, man. So possibly I could be grandfathered into a nice little homestead, you know, that's a possibility. Maybe a few acres around chicken, I'm thinking. <laughs> Grow some giant cabbages, those huge things, size of medicine balls. Two will last you the whole winter. Do a little subsistence hunting, a little uh, bypass mailing, <laughs> snow machining, dip netting. I'm, I'm starting to get into this whole thing, actually. Alaska, what's not to like? You're with people who want to be among people who don't want to be among people. <laughs> what a sense of community that builds. But that's when you can really appreciate people. That's when right. you don't want to be around them. And, you know, <laughs> then you look at them and see one once in a while. Well, okay, it's not so bad, really. It's outrageously beautiful, vast, unbelievable. When you fly into Alaska and you come up and see it, it's just unbelievably gorgeous. And they pay you to live here. So, you know, what's not to like? And they throw in a quarter pound of pot. <laughs> you know, it's just like it's heaven on earth here, really. 
all the locks you can eat, a super cub with a, and a snow machine, a cooler wrapped in duct tape, a bear bag, a pair of bunny boots. It's just, just when the, this is the welcoming package that's you get when you come. You know, a bike that's greased and guaranteed to 60 below, you know, if you, because people ride their bikes all winter. All, all seasons. Yes, all, all winter. A pair of car butts. Good dip net with a crutch on the end. I've been told that's the way to do it. You, you fasten a crutch to the end of it. That's what Dick does, Flaherty. What's a crutch on his dip net? Now, there's something you don't hear every day. You got no. a crutch on your dip net. <laughs> and your choice of firearms, of course. So it's really kind of heaven on earth. No dress code. Uh, everyone just dresses like a lesbian, basically. <laughs> Takes the pressure off you. You always know how to dress. You know. You know. <laughs> All you really have to provide is the Phantom Pro Series WK340 Digital Moose Collar. This is the best one because I did some research on this, and this is this one is totally digital, and it can actually do a bull in rut and a cow in estrus in stereo. So you get the. <laughs> You almost don't need to see the animals at all when that happens. It's like mating in your head at that point. The big question, of course, is when the moose arrives, how he will deal with the sexual frustration. That he's going to feel at that point. And it wouldn't be the first time I've been stomped in similar circumstances. <laughs> but you just get behind him, Jim. That's what I learned. Give him a push? Yeah. They can't kick you in from behind. Well, that's good. Yeah. So you just excuse yourself and you... Climb behind Walk it. Walk away. Kind of yeah. climb behind it, yeah. I still don't yet have all the requisite Alaska coping skills, but uh, I could learn. You know, you wear another layer of neoprene. You use uh, road flares to start a fire. Uh, you line the outhouse seat in styrofoam. Well, that's a good tip. But I, I think. Okay. I got one. That means I got one. Because sticking your tongue to a flagpole is one thing. This is something else, yeah. Uh, use your trunk for a freezer. That, we do that in Wisconsin a good part of the year. Ice caving. Now, there's something I wouldn't have thought of myself, but still, might try it, you know. Running a trap line, flying my Super Cub to my cabin at Lake uh, Michumina. <laughs> Sounds like a Jewish lake to me, uh, Michumina. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a Michumina. <laughs> Maybe I'll work in the, in the bush, actually, with uh, Jewish youth who feel isolated. And actually, there were quite a few Jewish prospectors in the famous Goldstein Rush of 1902. <laughs> but, you know, you would think, though, if they can build a pipeline, an oil pipeline 800 miles across Alaska, they could build one eight miles from Fox Spring to bring in some water. You know, it's, <laughs> So I've been looking around. I haven't been here in just a couple of days, but uh, I figure a little starter cabin. Best of both worlds, a cabin in the city. I think nowhere else do you see this, where you can have a cabin with no electricity, right. no plumbing, in the city, you know. It's a wonderful idea, and I've been looking at some here. There's a 16 by 20 on Miller Hill. With loft, good access, 400. Pets okay, okay. Uh, Miller Hill, how is that? Okay. I'll call that one. Big, private, quiet, no water, near UAF, no smoking, pets okay. Okay, that's around here then, the university. 
Clean farmer's loop. Uh, okay, here's one. Septic, but no water. <laughs> and no pets. Uh, nice cabin near Esther, riverfront cabin, furnished one room, bathroom close to mall. <laughs> Isn't that a good idea having a cabin next to the mall? That's right. It just near, here's one behind Ivory Jacks. I don't know about that. A lot of traffic. Uh, well, there's, but I'm saying there's going to be a lot of foot traffic and everything. Uh, okay. Well, here's the thing that Jim found, too, actually. Uh, uh, 1902, uh, or 2002. Honda Rubicon has wench. <laughs> so I'll work this out. In the Alaska news, a black bear apparently tired of dumping in the woods uh, shot dead in an Anchorage bathroom. <laughs> bear had history of troublemaking, the headline read. I like that one. He would not use the same towel twice, is what I mean. Oil companies appeal the $3.64 billion pipeline assessment. Uh, they say what well, with wear and tear, it's, they could only get $100,000 or $200,000 for it. <laughs> Tops today. A quasi-religious group called Alaska's Future <laughs> says that if the oil tax is increased, it will open the seventh seal leading to the apocalypse. And the final confrontation between the forces of good and evil. Uh, they didn't say which side they were on. I have no idea or who sponsored it. The Stranded Gas Act is being rewritten to refer to what you will be when it hit, hits $5 a gallon, I think. Natural gas pipeline from Dick Cheney proposed. It'll be piped in from an undisclosed location. Fort Greeley to launch a preemptive strike against North Korea. <laughs> Since it's a heck of a lot easier than trying to shoot them out of the air, you know, that's just about, just about ridiculous. Fortunately, theirs blow up on their own, so that's really not a problem. Officials at the base became alarmed when the North Koreans announced their new class of long-range missiles was known as the Murkowski Dong. <laughs> it is an alarming name. It's very good. Yeah, it is. Well, thank you. Just let me know what you like and what you don't like. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, in the latest twist in the Bridges to Nowhere controversy, the Colossus of Ted Stevens will be built. <laughs> with one foot in Ketchikan and the other on Gravina Island. This will be the biggest Ted Stevens yet, so it's going to be quite a sight to see. Be a major tourist destination, and the wife's holdings will not do badly, so it's a win-win. Then, if they work it right, they can actually make it a tripod and have a third leg resting on a net there. Island. And still other news, a hacker taps in the University of Alaska Fairbanks database, steals 39,000 identities. Now every day is case day for somebody. Case day is when you have to drink a case of beer, right? It's required. Part of a, it's a graduation requirement. Wow. Thank you. We don't require it at, at Wisconsin. They do it on their own, you know. But. 
So yeah, identity theft. I'm about that. Four years uh, undergrad without plumbing or electricity for someone else to live the life of Riley in the Bahamas, ladies and gentlemen. What a horrible thing. In still the news, increase in uh, bear sightings around Fairbanks. Uh, the city advises residents not to scat. <laughs> but it may be unavoidable is what I'm thinking. Uh, hoist yourself in a bear bag if possible. Do not seek refuge in a dumpster. That's probably the last thing you want to do. Because Dick Flaherty's already got the good stuff out of it anyway. So. <laughs> Why is all that good stuff in a dumpster? Yeah, we were over there and he showed us all this great stuff that he found in a dumpster. <laughs> Someone is throwing out really great stuff. I mean, he had like this French phone system from the turn of the century. I don't know, who would throw out a French phone system from the turn of the century in a dumpster? Who's throwing out the good stuff is what we got to find out and just go right to the source. Uh, let's see, what was I saying? Okay, nothing. Uh, polar bear cannibalism and dangerous Coke commercials. <laughs> Alaskans theoretically only have until Saturday to get high. <laughs> the good news is that the regulation expires at sundown, so. Alaska Airlines has revamped its safety guidelines now, requires baggage cart drivers uh, to report gashes they make along jets <laughs> before heading for a smoke outside the carousel. <laughs> the Lufthansa stop has been eliminated in Fairbanks. Now you have to go to, Ka to Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan to catch your plane, so that's a little inconvenient. And the uh, reports say that Alaskans each received uh, $984.85 worth of pork. Uh, in 2005, payable by check in October. So look for that. That should be coming. Signed by Ted Stevens. The value of Fort Knox slides, making the answer to the question, what do I look like, Fort Knox? Quite possibly, yes. <laughs> and the UAF, University of Alaska at Fairbanks, where we are on their beautiful campus. But the UAF part has been a problem all these years. Uh, they're tired of being mistaken for the United Arab Ephemerates. <laughs> now it just calls itself Alaska, as it should. So Anchorage, eat your heart out. That's all the news that is, and thank you so much. Well, Terrence Cole has a, has a book called uh, The Crooked Past, The History of a Frontier Mining Camp, Fairbanks, Alaska. Kind of. He's the history guy here at the university. And uh, I think he's with us, isn't he? There he is. Oh, that's him over there. Okay. Uh, Terrence Cole. Ladies and gentlemen, you know him. You know, you look nothing like your brother. I'm struck by how unlike him you are. I'm a lot younger than he is. You yeah. Know, so. well, how, how many seconds was it? Oh, about five minutes. Five minutes. But okay. the worst thing, you know, at the airport here, one day I said, you know, because I'm, I'm always mistaken for my brother, and mm. they said, I said, you Dermot? I said, no, I'm not Dermot, I'm Terrence. She said, are you his dad? <laughs> I said, no, I'm not his dad. Yeah. They're <laughs> twins, if you don't know. Dermot writes for the newspaper here, the uh, minor. And... Uh, and you're the history guy. Which one of you is actually the, uh, the smarter of the two, would you say? Well, I, I'm smarter, yeah. Okay, because you're, you're an actual certified historian. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of a phony, but... Uh, okay. Because his, his books sell more, you know? They do, because He doesn't have any footnotes. What the hell? 
Yeah. Uh, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. Me. No, that's okay. It's only three hundred fifty thousand dollars. You pay it. Uh, well, the chancellor told me not to embarrass us, so I. Well, it's too I'm late. Just doing my job. No. Yeah, there are footnotes here. There are. Ibid, yeah. ibid, ibid, ibid. This is, this is how I did my footnotes too, pretty much. Ibid, ibid, more ibids. Not ibid. Latin, you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, ibid was a very good source. I yeah. found a lot. You know, as we travel, we do our shows and go to different places all over the country, really. And most most places you go to were founded on some kind of a land swindle and fraud. Are are you implying that that is true of Fairbanks, well, Alaska? Um, a little bit. You know. Dermot said, I must admit, he's got a better line on, on this in one of his books. He said, you know, Fairbanks was founded on two things, mm. high expectations and low water. Yeah. And then that's kind of been the story of the town ever since, you know. I yeah. mean, it's high expectations and maybe they don't quite work out. But, but yeah, this guy, E.T. Barnett, you know, for whom the crookedest street in town is named, is an old-timer here. Fabian Carey once said that was only worthwhile because this guy was a crook from, you know, after all, he'd been banished from the state of Oregon. Before he got here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was just an unusual punishment, what was that, you know? What was that little incident? Uh, fraud. Oh, yeah. go figure. Yeah. So the whole punishment was he couldn't go back there. So, so he know. went to Alaska? Yeah, that's right, yeah. So and he had this, he was on a riverboat trying to navigate a river that couldn't be navigated. That's right. Basically. And there's really only five things that's always seemed to me, I guess my head's a little too big for this. Okay. I haven't been... We can fix that. That's, I bet. <laughs> But uh, there are only five things Michael wrong with Fairbanks, you know, was founded in the wrong place at the wrong time by the wrong person uh -huh. on the wrong side of the wrong river. Yeah. And other than that, it's perfect. Oh. And, I, and I think that in this case, anyway, this was definitely the wrong guy, and he ended up in the wrong place. But, yeah. uh, but it turned out for the community, you know, this, this town... Why is it on the wrong side of the river? Because it's, it's in the middle of the Tanana River, really, is where they oh, found it. Oh, it is. Yeah, That's so like... they had to build a bridge every dang year, and, and oh. uh, so... Um, what used to be the Tanana River, it's not, mm -hmm. not really anymore. Mm -hmm. But... Um, uh, yeah, it, it, and it's been flooded out, you know, every few years until a big, big uh, construction, you know, uh, diversion uh, dam was put in back in the 70s after the really big flood here in 67. But, yeah. But, you know, I, I think the best way of describing Fairbanks, I always heard the Cone brothers one time said that Fargo was uh, Siberia with family restaurants. <laughs> um, and uh, Fairbanks is kind of Siberia with family restaurants and box stores and a bowling alley. So... <laughs> The next time you go to Fargo, just, just look and see. Yeah, well, or the Big Lebowski covers oh, it pretty well. That's right, yeah, 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 yeah. The dude would enjoy living here. He's probably one of our students, actually. You know? yeah. yeah, the dude. Are those, why don't you just take him off? You don't really don't need him. Really. I, I driving can't. me crazy fiddling with your head. <laughs> I, I can't hear you. What? Okay, is that all right? Yeah, can you okay, hear me good. now? Oh, that's a lot better. Yeah. Can you hear me now? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try yeah. and telegraph all my punches. Oh, okay, good, yeah. Yeah. But I'll just go back to this, the original founding fraud. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. E.T. Barnett. His name, name yeah. was, uh, 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 I was going to say Ebenezer. No, it's not Ebenezer. Elbridge T. Barnett. Okay. And, um, yeah, when he, when he got here, you know, basically no one really knew where he came from. Did he have uh, a twin by any chance? That no, he didn't have a twin. No, that's right. But, but I'll tell you, he, he had a lot of friends. And, uh, and the judge here, Judge Wickersham, for whom we have a, a dormitory named on campus, mm -hmm. uh, he convinced him to name the town after Fairbanks. Um, Charles Warren Fairbanks, who was a... Uh, a really undistinguished senator oh, from, from Indi Indiana, Indiana, yeah. and uh, became vice president with Teddy Roosevelt. And his big claim to fame was that Teddy Roosevelt sued him while he was president. <laughs> <laughs> he sued his own vice president. Yeah, oh, yeah. They didn't what? get along too well. Oh, uh, it was some kind of fraud deal, you know, that he accused him. Um, there seems to be a pattern here. I don't know. Yeah. Am I wrong in assuming? But, but but the thing is, is you know. 
maybe a little bit. Fairbanks never came here, though, though, uh, though oftentimes our, our city council, my, my, my other brother is here, my brother Pat's here in the audience. Is he a twin, too? Well, is <laughs> oh, you can't change. Well, you can't I know he is. is yeah. You're, you're in triplets. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Okay, the three of us are twins. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I never was good at math, though, you know, yeah. so. But the, but the thing... The thing is, what, the way it works in this town is that the three of us are, are here, and, you know, and, and most people are mad at Dermot. Actually, most people are mad at Pat, actually, because he works for the city, and then Dermot, and then me. Mm -hmm. So actually, fewer people are mad at me than them. Yeah. The problem is, when there's an alignment of the stars, and the people who are mad at all three of us come yeah. together, that's nasty. But to get know? back to the original... Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Charles Fairbanks, yeah. And the there is Barnett a def and there's and definitely yeah. a, a theme here. Yeah, E.T. Yeah. E. Barnett, you know, because yeah. he... Um, um, you know, he, he essentially uh, rigged the election to become mayor, uh, first mayor in 1903. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, he, had a, he ran the first bank, essentially what became a bank, and, and eventually the bank went broke, and, um, um, and he didn't. Uh -huh. You know, really, <laughs> sort of how to summarize it. So he went to Mexico. And, he went to Mexico. Yeah, that, yeah. that, that went okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, he was uh, convicted of, embe uh, not embezzlement, he got off on embezzlement, which is very difficult to prove, but he convicted of uh, sort of lying to a grand jury, mm -hmm. which didn't seem to be, a, you know, he didn't think that was that big a lie. Yeah. And um, but anyway, so he was convicted of that, and eventually, um, um, uh, like I say, ended up in Mexico, ended up in California. He, d he died in California about 1931 or 32 from falling down a flight of stairs and breaking his neck. Oh. Um, but there's no evidence for sure who, if he was pushed, you know, so... Oh. So, 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 but he did. Okay. But there is kind of a, you know, Fairbanks has always been a place where people sort of invent themselves, where it's kind of the... And reinvent. And reinvent yeah. and reinvent. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And yet yeah. they stay the same. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> for um, him, for him anyway. For Barnett? Well, yeah, yeah that's, that's right. You know, he, he's really responsible for, um, in a way, the, the town, like I said, being founded in the, in the wrong place. But it was that insistence, that boy, that this, this was going to be the town, which is... Uh, really rather remarkable, you know, because, you, know, you know, human life is never run by rational rules, and uh, uh, Fairbanks is a great example of that. You, you know. really... <laughs> you believe that, huh? So you're... Was are I... you an anarchist? Then, no, 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 you... no. No, I'm not an anarchist. No, yeah. You don't I'm look... an Alaskan. You're yeah, Alaskan. that's right. <laughs> And there is a certain amount of anarchism in that, isn't there? There, there is. You yeah. know, I mean, Fairbanks was the home of the, of the Alaska Independence Party. Mm -hmm. And uh, Joe Vogler, who was uh, here for a long time, was a real mm -hmm. local character. And, yeah. You know, and, and he always, you know, he, he was a guy who sort of refused to, you know, recognize, you know, he, he thought Alaska should take its case to the UN. <laughs> always seemed like a good idea to him, you know. Yeah, so, that is a good idea. Yeah. D didn't really work out. You could nationalize the oil fields. That would be the best outcome of that. What's that? Nas if, if you own you know, the state, if the state was an independent country, you could nationalize the oil field. That, that, yeah, yeah. I'm not suggesting you do this. I'm not leaving yeah. a rally here. <laughs> Let's not burn torches and yeah. the capital. But anyway, so yeah, the, the history, that does sort of, sort of flow from it. It really does, Michael. That's been, um, uh, but it's really one of the great things about exploring the history of Fairbanks, you know, because yeah. there's a lot of characters. You know? Yeah, and, and Alaska in general. But, the uh, that book that you recommended that we that that, that we got actually the one about the, the from the 1930s the guy who went and uh, studied this mining town what, what's that guy's name I'm not sure yeah what is it 
Oh, Bob Marshall. Marshall. Bob Marshall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Arctic Village. Village. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember That's that book. a fascinating book. Yeah, it's a wonderful book. It's one that, of the great books, yeah. Yeah. Arctic it, Village is republished by the University of Alaska Press. Yeah, you wrote the foreword to I it. I wrote Did the you, foreword, yeah. You didn't read it, though, apparently. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it was for a test, you know. <laughs> yeah. Because it was so interesting. It's, it's a great it, book, it, it's, yeah. It deals it's with, with the native peoples yeah, as yeah. well, but the people who came here and sort of their motives for coming here and yeah. the, sort of the personality that was attracted to, to coming to Alaska, sort of to make their fortune, but they stayed when they didn't make their fortune, which uh, Oh, yeah, very, it's a great book. I mean, I think it's, one of, the, I think it's the, one of the great books about Alaska. Or Rockwell Kent, like I quoted him in that introduction, he said it's one of the great books about America because yeah. uh, Marshall was such a... a, a what a great character, you know, he, he was a counter, you know, and he counted everything, including his friends. So he has a list that he actually made of his, his favorite 78 white people in Weisman, <laughs> numbers one through 78. And I, and I always thought, I just thought, you know, number one is easy and number 78 is easy, but what about number 35 <laughs> and 36, you know? Yeah. But he, he also came up with one of the great correlations. He, he correl you know, he did correlations between, uh, since he was a forester, um, like our chancellor, you know, he liked to count things and make unusual comparisons. So he put together rainfall and presidential elections. <laughs> but even more interesting than that for Alaska was he put together gold production and number of prostitutes. Ah. And it's actually quoted by virtually every single uh, history written about Alaska since then that he, he showed that as the level of gold production declined, so did the number of prostitutes. Now, this may not oh, have been that, surprising. No, but, it's not surprising. But anyway, he did do it. But it's a terrific book about Wiseman, Alaska. It's called, it's called Arctic Village. Arctic Village. There is a town in Alaska called Arctic Village, but this is actually about Wiseman, which is on the, on the Hall Road now. Really yeah. not much left of it except that book. So. Yeah. Oh, that's a great book. Yeah. And, and one of the things he did in there, it's really fascinating really, is that he's recorded conversations. And that's, he was a sociologist, I guess, in, yeah. that's, in that sense. And that was the most amazing, just what these guys were talking about. Yeah. And, and these guys, a lot of these guys had very, very almost radical, radical liberal views or, uh, about, you know, about uh, unionizing and about go the government and about what's happening, the corp what the corporations are doing to the little guy and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, he, yeah, there's a guy in, in you know, he, he, he took lists of, uh, he secretly made notes of the conversations and he tabulated more than 5,000 minutes of conversation. And he found, I think, the most popular thing was uh, gossip, believe it or not. One of the least popular was sports, but, um, um, but he did science and, and uh, you know, politics. There was a guy who got Pravda. There was one communist, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how, uh, you know, maybe he wasn't a member of the IWW, but, you know, he, he was, uh, yeah. th they were determined and they believed. And it was, it's a, it's a fantastic book, though, you're, you're right. Yeah. There actually still are a couple of, uh, uh, none of those folks in that book are alive, but there are, a few um, uh, descendants of several of the people around Alaska still today. Yeah. And, and some of them were still sore for years that he never told them, of course, he was writing a book. Oh. So um, he took the notes secretly, and, and many of them, the first thing they knew about the book was when it came out. But he sent them all $15, which was their share of the, pro of the profits. Right. You know, he split the profits. <laughs> and one of his best friends said, you know, he went around town, and I know this is radio, so you can't see it, but anyway, he's holding up a book, and the guy was, and they were gest gesturing <laughs> to each other, pointing at the other, pointing also at the book, one at the book and one at the others. They were so mad at what the other person had said about each other, you yeah. know, so. Oh. Um, but as, as he said, you know, they were all caught in the same stew. This is what this other guy said. Mm. So, so they can't really complain because everybody said something bad about everybody else. So, yeah. Um, and he which he quoted, you know. He recorded their sex lives, or, or at, least, oh, yeah. at least what they bragged were their... <laughs> It's yeah. hard to believe that tw you know, there's 12 guys living together that really had much of a sex life. That's right. right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Possibly they did, you know. That's I, right, I yeah. That. 
hey, this is Alaska after all. You yeah. Know? But, uh, but there no, was one guy in particular, right? He wrote down all his, he told him about all his ex exploits or whatever, yeah. and he put that in the book. Yeah, and, and he came up to, he wrote Bob afterwards, and he said, Bob, when I was telling you I slept with more women than anybody in Alaska, <laughs> I, I wasn't kidding, but I'm telling you it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he didn't want it in the book. So he was worried about going back, I think. What's that? He was worried about going back at a certain point. After oh, this. Marshall was. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He was worried about getting lynched, and uh, uh, he did. He, he wasn't. You know, they actually welcomed him back, and um, um, so it's, it's really a wonderful story some, some years later. He died at age, like, 38 or 39, and, and people know most today Bob Marshall for, uh, as a conservationist and wilderness advocate. Mm -hmm. The Bob Marshall Wilderness in Montana is named for him. Um, but I, I think his greatest literary work is actually is this book. I mean, I, it's, so, it's such a wonderful, and it, and it really is the book that I give to people when, to explain about why people come to Alaska and what, what they find so attractive yeah. about it. Because he says there, people would rather eat their, um, you know, eat their bacon and, you know, with, uh, you know, off of a little tin plate and enjoy the freedom and luxury of being in Alaska that you can't get outside. And yeah. I think a lot of people still believe that, so, yeah. That's what I was going to ask you, actually, but you already answered the question. But you're in history, you don't care about the present, do you? No, I don't care. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> in the future, you will, but right now, you could care less. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, that's just right now. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, to me, it's sort of interesting, too, because you had the, the, the gold rush in, those, in that period, and then the, the, sort of the pipeline rush, and it brought up a whole other cast of characters, people who came here trying to make some money, basically. Uh, some, some stayed, some... Some left, but that's another interesting uh, influx of people, and historically, sort of what that what that did to Alaska and what what occurred. Well, constantly, you know, these waves of folks coming in, it's really uh, reinvigorates, and it really is one of the things I think that makes Alaska kind of great. You know, there's a lot of people around here. You know, um, you know, one of the old gags about being a sourdough was, you know, sour on the country and no dough to leave. You know, mm -hmm. that was the, right. the thing. But but. There's a lot of people who are pretty sour, you know, that one encounters in life. But one of the great things about Alaska is that you always have new people coming fresh in off the boat or nowadays fresh off the plane with um, such enthusiasm and joy for the place. And, and we see that every year, every year here at the university. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we could draw students from all across the United States and many of them end up staying in Alaska um, because this really isn't a place for everyone, you know. Mm -hmm. um, one early guy once said that the University of Alaska, like Fairbanks, he said, you know, at the University of Alaska, you don't meet the nine out of ten people you see on the street. You see number ten. And, and, that, and that's, really, that's really the case. These are, look what, at these people out here. Do they, they look normal to you in this audience? I'm, I don't know. I can't tell the lights in my eyes. But, they, <laughs> but it's not. Yeah. It, so, so it really is reinvigorating and, and, and just kind of... Uh, a wonderful, you know, because the, the, the pot is constantly being mixed and stirred, I think. Yeah. Um, well. At least until Saturday it is. But... I, don't know, I don't know what they're clapping about. You know. <laughs> I don't know if you, I, I was, you know, you, you, your news about Alaska is so great, and, and, uh, and particularly even, you know, the mention of Governor Murkowski, I don't know if you know, but he has recently admitted that he may need have to go a personality transplant. Um, <laughs> Uh, 
You know, I was reading Lisa's, her bio or something that she ran on, and I, it mentioned her history and what she'd done before this and all this and things she belonged to and stuff. Didn't mention who her parents were. <laughs> thought, well, where did she come from, Miss yeah. Murkowski? Yeah. That's kind of okay. kind of deal is that, yeah. 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 By the way, Frank, he's a, he has said he might need a personality transplant, so I'm just wondering, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how many of those have been done, you know, but... Yeah. Uh, um, but um, but no, we really, people, you'll find people in Alaska, of course, are so incredibly passionate about it. You know, very few people are, are you know, are, uh, you know, neutral about it. They either passionately love it or passionately hate it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, fewer the less because they, they, they go, you know, they, they yeah. don't, they don't stick are you, around. Do you, were you born out here? Oh, no. Uh, no. I'm born, was born in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah. But I came up here actually originally with Where was my, your brother born? Yeah, he was... Uh, <laughs> Was he born around here? I'm not sure. The only thing is I always point out to him, I'm the one who made him a winner. Because, you know, when we were kids, we were the Westinghouse twins because we were twins. And, and our parents won a Westinghouse twins washer and dryer for, for us. <laughs> so I'm kind of the guy who made him a winner. Otherwise, he'd just be another kid, you know. But, yeah. but when I came out... And your mother got the washer and dryer. Yeah, so that's right. We got a washer and dryer. Yeah. yeah. But it was a win-win. Yeah, right. <laughs> but my, my brother, Pat, who's here, uh, he... Um, um, the reason I came up to Alaska was because of him. He was at Temple University, and Pat's not a, he's not a man who's loose with money, you know. He's, uh, he has about three dollars. Very tight, yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, so he was mugged for all of his worldly wealth <laughs> and, uh, in Philadelphia. This was in 1970 when I was 16. And uh, so he woke up in the hospital several days later and, and decided he had to start, go somewhere new, you know. No more Temple University in downtown Philly for him. So this is the story he tells, and uh, he says, he, yeah, he says it's true. Um, anyway, he, uh, he goes to the library, and the, and, and, and the college catalogs are all in alphabetical order. And he rules out Alabama, which is why we ended up here. So, there you have it. Yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, I, I think as a, as a, as a place that, that uh, you, you know, in some ways, Alaska is even more special to the people who aren't born here. Um, though, of course, there's a significant number of people who, have, especially of the, the Alaska Native students, and we have many here at the university, close to 20% of the student body, um, who have, you know, uh, lived here their whole lives and cherish it and relish it in many ways. Um, but there's all kinds of different ways to love it, and, and, and you, you can learn a lot about it, and, and uh, even just sometimes in a short time, you know. Mm -hmm. so, but I must say, your visit here, what do you know, this is one of the cultural highlights in the history of Fairbanks. Wow. <laughs> Oh, go on with you. No. I mean, it is because yeah. now I must say it was some years ago. Garrison came, yeah. but he was companionless. There was no companion with him. It was just him, I think. You know, I don't oh. know why. And they didn't ask him back. But he, I'm sure he didn't have a companion. <laughs> Did you hear that I had a companion? No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. That was just very home companion. I was making a joke. That was okay. Chuck. He was just oh, driving. Chuck. <laughs> He drives a limo. Oh, it's dressed like a lesbian. I, I know yeah. that. I heard that joke. <laughs> well, Terrence's book is Crooked Past. His brother's got a pretty good book, too, on the history of Fairbanks. You might want to pick that up. And, uh, and actually, you can go online and get a reading list from you probably, too, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, read, to read about Alaska, actually, some oh, Alaska yeah. history. Sure, yeah. So, and, and yeah. Uh, yeah, my brother's written Dermot. We have to say something about Dermot's book just for a second because okay. he's not here. Okay. Dermot. Okay, great book. It's a great guy. <laughs> Terrence Cole, ladies and gentlemen.
Cool. And uh, we got our band with us here, and we always travel with a band, ladies and gentlemen. It's yes, always the do. same band, as a matter of fact. John, Jeff, and Clyde. How you doing? Good. Yeah? Yeah. Did you work out a little something here? Yeah. Because uh, you guys are playing like dynamite in the warm-up here. Oh, thank you. You didn't get it out of your system, I hope. I hope not. <laughs> a little peak too early. Yeah, what's this little number going to be? Una Copa Mas. Una Copa Mas. <laughs>
Thatmuch.com. You're listening to Michael Feldman's What Do You Know from PRI Public Radio International. Was a copa what? Una copa mas. Okay. That's Clyde Stubblefield on the drums, ladies and gentlemen, the funky drummer. <laughs> Wearing a silk shirt. It's a genuine silk shirt, I want you to know there. You know, Jeff Hammond on the bass, John Tulane on the piano. They'll be back later in the show. We got uh, Annette Freiberger is here. And, uh, she wants to know if I know how to ooga ooga mushka. Is that right? Yeah. I as, know if I do or not. As from that song, Squaws Along the Yukon. Squaws Along the Yukon? Yeah. And they, they, they do the ooga ooga mushka? That's right. Yeah. What's involved in that? Maybe I've done it. Well, that's why all the pioneers kept coming back and they stayed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was set up on this one pretty bad, and I want to thank you. What, what do you do here? Um, I work in the rural college in the... University. I'm a coordinator. You ooga ooga mushka? Sometimes. <laughs> well, would you call me while I'm here at least? Well, sure, anytime. For a short time. Yeah. Very nice to meet you. Thank you. Nice That's Annette Freiberger. <laughs> and then there's Bill Kulash. Bill Kulash is right here. Get your stand up, Bill. How you doing? Is this true you once uh, wrapped your house in copper wire to listen to the show? That's correct. <laughs> um, it's not Why a do I believe you? <laughs> Well, we lived in a small cabin. Uh, in fact, uh, Valesta Fusco, I saw her at uh, her place in Chattanooga. And, uh, and uh, yeah, the radio reception was horrible. I wanted to listen, listen to the show. We had propane lights with uh, propane copper tubing. So I had a bunch of wire, wrapped it up, trying to improve the reception. Yeah. Didn't work. No. <laughs> Did you find it hard to leave the house with copper wire wrapped around the doors and windows? I, I think the wife was thinking I needed to get out of the house at that point, yeah. And, you know, have you solved your reception problem since then? Yes, we moved closer to town. Okay. <laughs> and you're a geologist? Yes, sir. What, what sort of geology do you do? Um, exploration, mineral exploration, gold. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, really? Yep. Can we yeah. talk a little more about this? <laughs> we certainly can. Okay, very nice to meet you. Bill Kulash, ladies and gentlemen, who wrapped this house in copper wire. And it still didn't work. What happens when you throw a cup of water into the air at minus 40 degrees? Rosemary Hansen knows. Have you done this, Rosemary? Yeah. Okay, this is cool. Come on down here. Let's find out. This kind of thing you can't do everywhere. We we maybe have hit minus 40, have we, in Wisconsin, Jim? Not lately. Not lately, no. How are you? Um, good. What, what field are you in? Um, I'm a student at Lathrop High School. Lathrop High School. The fighting... Uh, Malamutes. The fighting Malamutes. It's a husky dog. I know what a Malamute is. Uh, and you have done this? You went out and threw a cup of water in yes. the air at minus 40 degrees. What happened? Um, my brother and I experimented with this this uh, winter, actually. We found that it turns into a mist, like a vapor that you probably don't want to be under and don't want to touch. Yeah. That's like that caribou mist they talk about, the caribou, <laughs> the caribou fog. Uh, maybe. <laughs> throw a caribou in the air next time at minus 40 degrees uh, yeah. and see what you get. That, that can be our next experiment. Okay, that's cool. Thank you very much, Rosemary. She's very sweet, and she's cool. And she throws water in the air, very cold temperatures. And then there's Lloyd Husky. Speaking of Huskies, in case you were. Uh, State Fair Manager. Huh? You down there? Okay, don't get up, that's all right. 
Don't bother to get up. Yeah, I know. We can't, can't be in front of the speakers. Come on over here, if you want. You're the state fair manager? Yeah, that's correct. I'm good. How are you? When is the state fair? Uh, it's August 4th through the 12th. Yeah. Who you got headlining this year? Uh, we got Daryl Worley on Tuesday night, and uh, our, it's our 75th fair, so we have, uh, it's Diamonds Are Forever. I have a pin for you. Okay. And uh, we have a, a Neil Diamond tribute band on Wednesday night. So. Neil Diamond tribute band. All right. That, that'd be worth seeing, I think. And what is your question for me, Lloyd? Oh, it's uh, what's your favorite food to eat at the State Fair? Well, I'm, I'm favoring the deep-fried Snickers. <laughs> Do you have that? Yeah, uh, Snickers and Twinkies. They're, they're experimenting with pickles, I think, this year. Oh, yeah. That might work. Well, you know, Elvis used to do that. He used to, they, in, over where he lived, in Memphis, they would deep-fry pickles, pickle slices. I, I believe it. They, he ate peanut butter and banana sandwiches. So. And potato chip sandwiches. So these are all things you should consider for the state fair. Well, yeah, we do need new food booths, so that'd be a good idea. Right. Nice talking <laughs> with you, Thank you very much. That's Lloyd from the State Fair. They can deep fry anything nowadays. It's a wonderful thing. And uh, we're going to play the What Do You Know quiz because I know that's what a lot of you came here for, if, if there was a reason. Many of you probably came with no reason in mind whatsoever. Uh, what? Well, first we've got to have the four disclaimers, but thank you for your help. When we need a floor manager, we'll call you. <laughs> this would be very good at a, as a floor manager. You are? My name is Christy. Christy, have you worked on this? You feel good about it? I do. Okay. With the four disclaimers, here is Christy. All questions used on what do you know have you been... Have this memorized, Christy. I think I do. <laughs> <laughs> All questions used on what do you know have been well-reasoned, or have been painstakingly researched, although the answers have not. Ambiguous, misleading, or poorly worded questions are par for the course. Listeners who are sticklers for the truth should get their own shows. <laughs> now, the second one I'm supposed to read just the way you wrote it? Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if I could get an advance on my PDF. What did I do wrong? It's PFD. Oh, yeah, okay. Persons employed I'm by I'm dyslexic. What do you want from me? I'm, I'm more to be pitied than I censured. I hold it against you. Persons employed by the International House of Radio are lucky to be working at all, let alone tying up the office phones trying to play the quiz. <laughs> Listeners who have won recently should sit on their hands and let someone else have a chance for a change. All opinions expressed on what do you know are well-reasoned and insightful. Needless to say, they are not those of the International House of Radio, its member stations, or lackeys. Anyone who says otherwise is itching for a fight. Memory. Fabulous. Thank you, dear. That's the first time that's been done. Christy. Now, you probably, you probably know the rest of the show, so why don't you recite that? And then we we can get out of here early, really. That'd be good. That's absolutely amazing. Let's see the hands of those who want to try the math, the quiz, chance to win fabulous prizes, simply for being as fabulous as you are. In fact, knowing what you do know, and uh, the fact that you've, uh, you know, you've worked in uh, all these. Uh, this this guy right here uh, with the beard, the bearded bearded gentleman, uh, who's dressed like a lesbian. Would you come over here, please? <laughs> come this way, if you would, because I'm over here. Uh, 
Very nice to see you. How you doing? Good. You are? Sean Wiegand. Sean, you from around here? I am. Yeah. You school now or? I work here. Where do you work at? Uh, SBS Financial Group. Okay. What do you do for them? Uh, financial advisor. Okay. Are you making good money there yourself or I mean, how's, how's your financial life? We're doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sean, give me one good reason why you should play this quiz. Um, because my wife is from Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, and she said I better get on here or else. <laughs> All right, she's from Wauwatosa. What a good reason. Come on down here, Sean. Join us for a Fairbanks version of the What Do You Know quiz. Number one. Have a seat there if you would, Sean. but they didn't fit Terrence. So you never know what's gonna happen with those. So how does a guy from Alaska meet a girl from Wauwatosa? Um, we actually met in a gay bar in, in Seattle. Okay. It's a good place to dance. You'd be surprised how many couples meet <laughs> in gay bars in Seattle. And, and, you know, uh, well, that's a cool thing. Um, At the time, did you know that, uh, was, was there a chord struck between you? She right picked off the bat? me up just like that. She did, really? Yeah. Okay. Pretty good. And you went with her, so she knew it was cool. Yeah. All right, well, that's a wonderful story, actually. I wish we had more time to talk about how, you, how the dating went and how you worked through some of that stuff. But, um, and then uh, she, a gay bar in where? In Seattle. In Seattle. Okay. But are you from up here? I'm from here. I was down there for a year working down there for your working in, in financial things? You always been financial? Yep. Cool. Did you go to school here? Yes, I did. You did? In uh, business school? Yes, I did. Okay, cool. Did you live in a cabin without uh, heat or light or? Um, I lived out in Mountain Village for like about a year of my life. Yeah. My, my parents moved up from Montana and taught out in the bush. Oh, they did? Oh, yeah. cool. Okay. And then she was just in Wauwatosa, I mean in Seattle visiting from Wauwatosa? She is a pharmacist and she was doing a residency there. Okay. And then uh, when you guys got serious, was, was it, how was the, was she open um, to Actually, when to we started getting serious, I moved back up here and she followed. She did? <laughs> she didn't feel like doing the gay bar circuit anymore. No, probably. she was, she said she was done. That's with not going to work more than once, yeah, probably. she said she was done with them. Okay. Well, that's a good thing. Well, like, where is she? Right, everybody's pointing out. Okay, okay. <laughs> there she is. Hi, dear. How are you? Nice to see you. Okay, we're going to play the quiz here. You know how this works, Sean? Yep. Okay, it's a general knowledge quiz. It's not trivia. It's my life. Uh, we have, uh, Jim, is there a number to call? There is a number calling? to call, and that's 800-474-5822. 800-474-5822. Otherwise, the easy way to remember that would yeah. be iPi5Taco. <laughs> You've outdone yourself this time, Jim. People, people are calling in right now trying to do I-5 taco. Yes. Uh, if you can complete this simple sentence, if you can't take a joke, don't move to what? If you can't take a joke, don't move to blank. If you don't give us a call here, here's Cheryl calling from Healy. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, Cheryl. How are you? I'm good. Oh, good. I'm good, Cheryl. You 
Are uh, you from the highway? I am. I'm your highway lady. Oh, this is like... We were driving up to Denali, and the, 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 the person with the sign, the stop sign, uh, the paddle, right? Yeah, that's me. Yeah. She stopped us, and uh, she said, are you the Feldman guy? <laughs> and I admitted it, and she said, well, you know, I listen to your show because it's on right before the folk sampler. <laughs> and that was Cheryl. On the highway. Is, is that accurate, Cheryl? Boy, is that accurate, but remember, I also said that um, we really enjoy the music, so we always keep it on for the music. Yeah. Right. I know there were two insulting things you said. I couldn't remember the second one. And then you told an Ole and Lena joke, and you finally let us go, go down the highway, which is, which is a pleasant thing. Yeah, how was your time in Denali? Did you have a good time? Very nice, very nice. We saw some animals mating, but I'm not sure what they were. Good. They, they may have been hikers, for all I know. I, it was a long way away, and I didn't have binoculars. So. Cheryl, complete the sentence. If you, if you can't take a joke, don't move to blank. Well, oh, I could come up with this chicken, because I've got five chickens out here. <laughs> not, not, not a good rhyme, though, Cheryl. I, is it supposed to rhyme? I, I think so, yes. I, um, if you can't move too fast, don't... <laughs> okay. Don't go down your highway, because it's... Yeah, don't... Yeah. don't... Oh, don't move to Tope. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, Cheryl? She got it, Jim. Look at it. I tell you. All right, Cheryl, we're going to let you buy on that. All right. I love this game, Michael. Yeah, you're, you're doing great so far. Sure. Cheryl, this is Sean. Hi, Sean. Hi, Cheryl. He's your partner now, so you work together, okay? Okay, where are you from again, Sean? Fairbanks. Oh, you're in Fairbanks. Okay, great. I won't hold that against you. Okay, okay. thank you. Uh, the two of you collaborate, and here are the categories that we have, Jim. Those categories are current events, people, places, things you should have learned in school, had you been paying attention, science, or odds and ends. And you have that memorized. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Cheryl, you pick the first category. Oh, let's go current events. What do you say, Sean? Let's do it. Current events. Okay. Uh, out of the Alaska birth rate of 17 per 1,000, how many were for the PFD check? <laughs> oh, it's, it's multiple hints. Uh, yeah. three, 3, 8, or 16? The birth rate is 17 per 1,000. Out of those, how many actually were just uh, strictly for the check? What is it? 3, 8, or 16? Well, I have five kids, Michael, so I'm going for the big number. <laughs> I'm going for eight. You're going for eight. That's a pretty big number. Oh. Yeah. Sixteen is bigger than eight. Sixteen is even bigger. Oh, well, down in Healy, eight was pretty big. <laughs> we'll go with, uh, we'll still go with eight. You go with eight? Sure. <laughs> eight it is. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, Cheryl. It's three, according to this study. I, Oh, they didn't. Okay. They didn't factor you in, obviously. <laughs> they but, didn't. Yeah. No, I'm sorry about it. Jim. That would be no good. right, one wrong. Okay, don't worry about it. We'll, sorry, Sean. We'll come back. Don't worry. It's all about right. It. Yeah, we'll come back. What's what's left? People, places, school, science, odds and ends. Sean. Odds and ends. Odds and ends. As a financial counselor, would would you recommend having children for the check? No. Okay. <laughs> what possible reason could there be for not putting the door back on the outhouse? Is the question. I don't oh. understand this question. Either. What possible reason could there be for not putting the door back on the outhouse? There's no multiple choice. No, this is a, 
I have no idea what this means. You could get locked in. Okay. Cheryl, can you think of any possible reason for not putting the door back on the outhouse? Well, down in the Uly, I was going for the smell. Ventilation. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Sean and I just got to work this out. But I, I'm, I'm flexible, Sean. I'll go with you. Yeah. Well, ventilation. I, here it says for the northern lights, but I... I uh, but I think we'll accept ventilation. We'll accept right? ventilation. Yes. Okay, okay. ventilation yes. is good. That's Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. 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 One right, one wrong. Reflect there, Jen. People, places, school, or science. Okay, Cheryl? Well, having five kids, I have uh, three college students, so I'll go to school. Okay. Which president did Alaska kill? <laughs> Was it McKinley, Harding, or Polk? Oh, that's pretty simple down here in Healy. We're going with Harding. Harding. Let's do it. Yes, Harding. Woohoo! Got some bad crap. Two right, one wrong. Okay, what's left there, Jim? People, places, or science? People, places, science. Sean? People, places. P uh, two different people. Categories. People, yeah. <laughs> people, comma, places. Uh, do more Alaskans say they love Alaska, A, because, or B, in spite of, Jewel? <laughs> in spite of. In spite of, Cheryl? Well, Michael, you heard me. You know, I love music, because I love your band, so this is a tough one. Yeah. But I'm going to go with my buddy Sean. We'll say in spite of. In spite of is right. It was uh, fairly close. <laughs> halibut got more votes, though, than Jewel did. <laughs> more people love Alaska for the halibut than Jewel. Cheryl, you've won the Boca Barbecue Bundle, including the grill, spatula, apron, and coupons for Boca Meatless products. Chow proudly. Then savor some premium Alaskan gourmet herbal vinegar and organically grown herbs packaged in a handsome Alaskan birch bowl from Basically Basil. After dinner, brew up some Ethiopian yurka chef from the Alaska Coffee Roasting Company, which comes with a bag of other choice coffees, a mug, and a French press. Show your pride in gardening Alaska with a t-shirt depicting a moose munching on giant cabbage. It's from the Jorgensen Botanical Garden of the University of Alaska Fairbanks. And for your sportive side, a putter, ball cap, t-shirt, and the book Fairbanks Hockey Pioneers from the Fairbanks Hall of Fame. And Sean, if you're tired of the same old rut, go wild with Moostard, including a pack of beer mustards in a birchwood box from uh, Moostard. Get education over the t-shirt and gift certificate from the University Bookstore here in Fairbanks. Take the family on an excursion to the large animal research farm. Live from Davis Concert Hall at the University of Alaska Fairbanks, it's Michael Feldman's What Do You Know from PRI, Public Radio International. That's John Tuling at the piano, Jeff Hammond on bass, Clyde Stubblefield on drums, and I'm Jim Packard. In this hour of What Do You Know, science writer and author Ned Roselle, special musical guest Robin Dale Ford, and the wedding, of course, between Jeff Bonowitz and Anna Katarina Lilladal. Support for What Do You Know comes from PRI affiliate stations and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting and from the University of Alaska with 16 campuses set among unparalleled natural beauty. The University of Alaska has over 430 degree programs to choose from. Start your path to inspired higher learning at the University of Alaska. More information at www.alaska.edu. And by the Fairbanks Convention and Visitors Bureau, gateway to an authentic Alaskan adventure energized by summer's land of midnight sun and enthralled by winter's unsurpassed display of northern lights. More information at explorefairbanks.com. Now, the man who sees locks where others see salmon, Michael Feldman.
Well, you know, being a quiz show host is a serious responsibility, but it's never been this serious. But I got, I got a letter from um, Jeff Apple Benowitz. Uh, Apple is with a small a, by the way, for some reason. Uh, and he, he said, uh, in Alaska, every person is allowed to perform one marriage ceremony for another couple. This law was originally made because of the large distances between Bush communities and judges and clergy. I know people have asked uh, people to marry them on your show, but I had great hopes of you performing my wedding this summer. I'm at the end of a long recovery of regrowing a leg I shattered three years ago during a mishap with gravity. At some point between my third and fourth surgery, I told a friend if I ended up falling in love, uh, then at least some, something productive would have come out of my accident. Well, sure, things are out of, some things are out of our control, and I found myself madly in love with a young lass from Sweden. Uh, being a short Jewish guy from New York, it's as if I had won the dating game lottery. <laughs> Anna, besides being gorgeous, is also getting a PhD in environmental engineering. I'm currently getting a PhD in geological creative nonfiction. <laughs> so you can see how having a wife with an employable degree is such a bonus. <laughs> I've rambled enough here that I'm sure you can relate. Oh gosh, what was the point? Oh yeah, I don't have tickets for your show in Fairbanks because it sold out while I was getting surgery number five. Is there some way you could find tickets for Anna, my eight-year-old daughter, Sky? Uh, and I just think if you allow us to attend, you'll get to marry us in a blue tarp chuppah. <laughs> Would be a pretty good prop. Signed, Jeff Apple Benowitz. Uh, so we did it. We looked into this, actually, because we thought he was just another crank, and we get a lot of those, let's face it. But I got my here from the Superior Court for the State of Alaska, 4th Judicial District, the appointment of Michael Feldman as marriage commissioner for the marriage of Anna... Lee Jadal and Jeffrey Benowitz, and we're marrying them right now on our stage, ladies and gentlemen. It will ensue as sort of a mock Jewish ceremony, semi-Jewish ceremony, because only one of them is. Uh, a little Swedish thrown in there on the side. This is the, here we have the chupa. We've got the sister and the brother-in-law, and we've got uh, Ian here, who's the best man, and uh, we've got uh, Dick uh, Flaherty over there you've heard about earlier, and he got this out of a dumpster somewhere. I don't know where he found the chupa <laughs> in the middle of Alaska. And, uh, we have is, is where is Sky? She got the flowers. Sky is now going to do the uh, the flower girl part of the of the of the ceremony. This is Sky. She's scattering flowers on the stage. Very very lovely and beautiful dress she's wearing. Okay, and then the, we do we have the couple here? Yes, we do. Anna Katrina Lijadal, Jeffrey Benowitz. All right. Okay. Do you want to face him or away from them? Uh, you can face him. Okay. Okay. Um, I've never done this before, you know. So this Either is this. We, so. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> and not with each other, at least. And that that, that that's a good thing. And then the uh, this is like a native, a basic uh, native. Is Yes, blanket toss. Blanket toss. Yes, this is a Jewish blanket toss. Oh, the Jewish blanket toss. I thought I was referring to your headdress here. This is oh, a. Yeah. Oh, oh, um, that is Swedish native stuff. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah, mid midsummer, sort of a little uh, hedge uh, thing here. We have a birch yeah. and flowers. Yeah. Now, does your mother have any idea that this is going on right now? She, she's back in Sweden, right? She didn't a week ago, but we. Well, Sunday, she. I, I, I called her when Anna was sleeping. It didn't go well. No. <laughs> Did you mention uh, the, the Jewish part at all, or? Well, 
Is it going to be an issue back in Sweden? Or? No, 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 no. No, as, as long as party and good stuff, you know, no, no problem at all. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, but you didn't feel it went well? Um, no. <laughs> no. She was very disappointed. Disappointed? But she hasn't met you yet. That was the problem. <laughs> she wanted the opportunity to meet me first and then be disappointed. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you, uh, this is your mother we're talking about? Uh, yeah, I, I assume so. think she will like him once she meets? Oh, yeah. yeah. I think she's going to be a little bit jealous. <laughs> so you think that she will want him for herself, is what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> how, how rare, you know, this is pretty rare probably in Sweden, something like this. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yep. yeah. Jeffrey Apple Benowitz in Sweden. This doesn't come along every day. I, I think I will be the only Jew in Sweden. So <laughs> there's probably one or two more. And then uh, um, there is, of course, from the, from the Jewish point of view, she is uh, the ideal. This uh, this is a dream come true for all of us, really. Oh yes. You yes. are marrying, you are marrying our dreams. We traveled 40 years through the desert for this. <laughs> Aren't they cute? And now, and I did do, I did do some counseling with them, because I, I feel part of the responsibility is to do a little counseling beforehand. I want to check with her, you know, to make sure she really wanted to do this, not just a whim to get tickets, you know. <laughs> and uh, I think I did some counseling with you. Well, they keep asking me, are, are you really sure you want to do this? And are you sure you really have paperwork? And can I marry her? And I keep telling him, yes, we have paperwork. No, yeah. you can't marry her. Yeah, that was me, I think, about can I marry her thing. I figure one Jew is as good as another, you know, and I'm, I'm a little taller, frankly. Uh, almost as tall as me. Yeah, 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 almost, not quite. I don't know. Okay. But, uh, and now you, you actually met because you're a climber. Yes, that is my yeah. occupation, quote, unquote. Yeah. And a social climber as well, I might add, in this situation. <laughs> and uh, you, you took his climbing class? Uh, well, I really didn't take it. I just was at two times, and then I sort of, yeah. I went to check it out because I wanted to learn a bit of climbing, and then he asked me a lot of questions. Yeah, I bet. I started wondering what, because that was sort of the first uh, class I went to here at UIF, so a lot of questions. He showed unusual interest in you? as a Yeah, yeah, I started. I tried to answer as good as I could. Yeah, apparently you answered pretty well. Um, <laughs> all right, so then basically you both are, are, you're sure about this, you're committed to this. Yes. Okay. Not just a goofy whim. Uh, no. It's, 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 it's a yes. I mean, yes, a no. yes. Yes. It is a goofy whim, but yes, we are serious about this. Yes. Well, a goofy whim brought them together, but may no man take them apart. Uh, I have a few things that, uh, uh, which I will read in English because my Hebrew really is, is almost as bad as my English. Uh, gladden the beloved companions as you made glad your creation in the Garden of Eden from days of old. Blessed art thou, Lord, who gladdens groom and bride. Uh, blessed art thou, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who created joy and gladness, groom and bride, rejoicing, glad song, pleasure, delight, love, brotherhood, peace, and companionship. Soon, uh, Lord, our God, let there be heard in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem and Fairbanks <laughs> the sound of joy and the sound of gladness, the voice of the groom and the voice of the bride, the sound of jubilation of grooms from the canopies and of youths from their feasts of song. Blessed art thou, Lord, who gladdens the groom and the bride. Now, uh, we didn't have a chance if you wanted to, you know, write your own vows or anything like that, which probably is something that we should have done, but uh, is there anything you'd like to say in terms of your pledge? I called Anna's best friend when she was out making the crowns 
trying to get her to translate a few words for me in Swedish. And she's from Sweden, and she pulled out a Swedish dictionary. <laughs> so I'm not sure if I got this correct, so I only got one word down, which is, I will dreiska you. And I, I can translate that, yes. which is, I will worship you. I, I was going for, I will serve the Swede, but serve wasn't in the dictionary. <laughs> and uh, anything you'd like to say to him? Oh, this felt good. <laughs> well, that was very Swedish, wasn't it? <laughs> if it feels good, do it, huh? Well, um, do you have the ring? That's what we need, I guess. Yes, the ring bearer is here now, okay. Uh, I guess now this should be given to the uh, probably the best man, but he's holding the chuppah. He's talented. He's a climber also. He climber also. He's your ice cave partner. Right? Yes, yes. Whatever that means. Okay. Uh, what, what happens in the snow cave stays in the snow cave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, can't, you probably can't open that one-handed, can you? Okay. Get the ring out of here. Let me just take it out of there. Oh, these are the, oh, both rings. Okay. How did you get these so quick? Um, when I talked to you last night, you had no rings. Me and Ian went around today. I, I have a friend, Joe Peter Patterson, Peterson, who's making us rings, but it's going to take a while. So I went to four or five different jewelry stores today telling them I wanted a faux wedding ring, and they kept showing me rings for four, $800. And I'm like, it's just for today. And finally... If you married a Jewish guy, this is what you get. <laughs> <laughs> he wants a faux wedding ring just for today. Hers actually was my grandma's, so hers is real. Okay, and yours is faux? And mine is faux. Okay, well, that's okay. So one of you is actually getting married, one of you isn't, apparently. <laughs> uh, so I, you know what I'll let the you do? The one with diamonds is the real one. Okay, I will let you take the ring that uh, is for her, and uh, I will let you say whatever you want to say in placing that ring upon her finger. <laughs> Which hand? <laughs> I've done this once before <laughs> with the same woman. <laughs> it's, it's the same ring. It was the engagement ring. And she only wanted one ring. <sighs> oh, my. <laughs> All you want to say is, oh, my. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and now that we're exchanging rings here, so I think if you put this faux ring upon... The Looks a little bit like a Viking ring. Yeah. Celtic. Celtic. Oh. Yes. The long Jewish Celtic connection. Do <laughs> you want it on that one? Thank you, Jeff. Ooh, here we go. Is it, I have to feel a little bit tight here. <laughs> no. Thank you, Jeff. Is there anything that you want to say to him in terms of uh, besides that this is fun? <laughs> this is. Okay, that's good. I like that. Now, I guess, uh, by the power invested in me by the state of Alaska for their own reasons, uh, I pronounce you man and wife. You may kiss the bride. Not so much. Not so much. Stop already. Oh, you may hear with the kissing, with the so much of kissing. 
Now go ahead, kiss her some more. What the heck? This is pretty good. It's a breaking of the glass, and so uh, Jeff is going to do that. Oh, he broke the glass. It's official. They're married. Man and wife. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> the Benowitzes, ladies and gentlemen. It was quick, you know? That was good. All right. Thanks, John. Yeah, that was my only one, so I try to do the best shot I can on that. Jeff Applebenowitz and Anna Legiadal. Now, are you, are you keeping your name, Anna? Are you going to use Benowitz? Oh, no. <laughs> You're going to combine Benowitz and Legiadal? The, the problem is I yeah. can't pronounce her last name. Yeah. So I'll okay. have an unpronounceable last name that I can't pronounce either. So it's going to be Benowitz, Lil Jadal? Or Lil at all. You really can't say it, can no, you? I, I can't. <laughs> we, were, we were also thinking about combining them like Bendahal or Liljevitz. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we had like, different options there. I like Bendahal. That sounds like you know something you take for a flight. Uh, you know, plane flight. Or something. Of the yeah. By the way, we do have, we should mention that we do have some gifts for you in honor of this occasion. So what do we have for them, Jim? We do have uh, tickets to tour the Large Animal Research Station on Yankovic Road <laughs> from the Institute of Arctic Biology. We've got some kids' T-shirts, in case that comes along, from the Institute of Arctic Biology, a case of bottled beer from the Silver Gouch Brewing and Bottling Company, and two fanny packs of Apocalypse Design and that lovely Dick Flaherty. Thank you very much. That's it, huh? okay. There you go. The Benadryls, ladies and gentlemen. Go out and enjoy your honeymoon now. Obviously, you want to get to it. <laughs> or he does, anyhow. I don't know. Oh, that's very sweet. Very sweet in a very odd way. But I, yes, it is. Yeah. Robin Dale Ford has joined us, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Playing in, under very unusual circumstances following a radio wedding. Is this the first radio wedding that you followed? What? Radio. The radio wedding. First time you've done a radio wedding. First wedding. wedding. Yeah, this is the first wedding I've ever followed. Yeah, mm -hmm. okay. All right. And uh, the, this is the new CD, Ain't That Skipping and Flying? Yeah. Okay. And that's on uh, Planet Records, uh, produced by uh, Pat Fitzgerald, who's with us here as well, and Robin. My favorite songwriter. Thank you for joining us here, really. Thank oh, you for having us here. I feel this like is, This is surreal. You know, this it is, is surreal. I feel like I'm waking up on Saturday morning. Yeah. You guys want to get married? Do I married? have my clothes yeah. on? Yeah. I feel like marrying some okay. more, you know? Good. What's this tune going to be? This is a tune uh, for uh, the children, for all the children everywhere.
Thank you very much.
Robindale Ford and Pat Fitzgerald. Thank you guys. Ain't That Skipping and Flying is a new CD. It's on Planet Records. Uh, and check it out. It's great. She has such a lovely voice. Uh, Robindale Ford. Now, here's a, a, a man who, uh, I think the original idea was to try to hit a golf ball the entire length of the Alaska pipeline. But that didn't uh, work out, so he took his dog and walked the entire length of it and wrote about it. It's, it's, a, it's a great book, actually, called uh, Walking My Dog, Jane. Uh, would you welcome, please, Ned Roselle. So you're an you're an Air Force guy, is that right? You're in the, yeah, I was yeah. in the Air Force for four years. Yeah. Did decide not to make a career of it? Yep. Was there a turning point in that or too much other stuff to do. Too much other stuff to do. Where'd you do your training? Uh, I was in Biloxi, Mississippi, and then I came up here to Ileson Air Force Base. That's what yeah. got me to Alaska first. Yeah, that was your intro to Alaska. And uh, you, did you stay after that or did you come back later? I came back later. Mm -hmm. What brought you back? There was something about Fairbanks I really liked. I remember uh, a few times I would come into town. Uh, I was 18, 19 years old then. I'd come into town on the bus, cost a dollar to come in, and uh, I'd just see people that kind of looked like I wanted to be. They were people who, uh, <laughs> they didn't take showers every day, <laughs> smell like wood smoke. Um, had long hair, just had, uh, didn't seem like America out here. Yeah. <laughs> and were you right? Has that held up over the years? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Now, your, of course, your hair is, is not exactly shoulder length at this point. And nope, I, uh, yeah. I cut it. Yeah. Did, you get, did it get pretty long at one point? Yeah, it did. I looked like a member of the Eagles at one point. Oh, you yeah. did? Which one? The lead? Uh, Joe Walsh. Joe Walsh. Oh, that's, yeah. not, that's not a bad look. That's a pretty good look. <laughs> this is a, such a good idea, this book, because it, not, it does, uh, not, it's not just a, the, the journey itself. It's uh, what you learn along the way and what you contribute by, by your knowledge, your background, and all the places that you visited as you, as you went along the, the pipeline. Yeah, I wanted to do a really long walk across Alaska, and uh, the pipeline pad, which is gravel road that parallels the pipeline, seemed like a good way to do it in one summer. Yeah. Did you have other walks that you uh, thought about? The Wall of China, for example? Or? <laughs> I've thought of other ones since then, like yeah. maybe uh, the Alaska border. That'd be a lot harder, though. Yeah. You'd get your feet wet on that one, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you'd go up over some pretty pointy mountains, too. Yeah. How many... How many streams do you have to cross going from Valdez all the way up? To the, uh, the engineers who uh, put in the pipeline counted 800. That's a pretty exact number, but uh, yeah. I never counted them. Seemed like about that many. Yeah. Were they all affordable? Um, some were, some weren't. Some uh, have bridges across them, and some I just scratched my head when I came to them. Like the yeah. Salcher River is a big river here in interior Alaska. Uh, the pipeline, they put it in, must have been wintertime, because the pipeline just disappears underneath it, mm -hmm. and you had this big river to cross. I got a boat ride across that. 
Is, was this like a bureaucratic nightmare as far as, far as arranging to do this? Because there's a lot of these, these huge corporations uh, involved and you probably you know, don't want to, they, they don't probably want people doing this, right, for some reason or another. No, no, it was, it was really hard to get permission mm -hmm. uh, in the beginning. It took me several months to do it and I did this hike uh, years before 9-11, so I think now it might be impossible. Yeah. Did you have to get it from individual landowners as well? I read that at one point there, they asked you to get like... Uh, the pipeline company wanted me to, but like just through the little town in North Pole, which is south of here, there was like 200 landowners, so <laughs> I said, I don't have time for that. So, uh, <laughs> so there I just walked the Richardson Highway where it parallels the, uh, the pipeline there and hooked up back north of Fairbanks. Mm -hmm. Your actual mileage in doing this, did you figure out how many miles you actually traveled walking? I just went by the numbers on the pipe, said 800. Okay, I think that was accurate. It's, uh, and Alaskans, I, I, I'm assuming, have maybe a love-hate relationship with the pipeline. Is that, is that true, to, fair to say? Uh, yeah, that's fair to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of people uh, don't like it being here, probably more like it being here because it allows more people to be here because it makes us money and, uh, um, but yeah, a lot of people, especially when it went in, um, didn't like it at all. Mm -hmm. And as you went along it, you encountered people with varied opinions about it that you spoke to. I know some people were right. huge yeah. enthusiasts. Of, of yeah, exactly. Some people said Alaska would go to hell in a handcart without it and the uh, tax money that comes along with it. And other people said it was the end of Alaska for me when the pipeline went in because, mm -hmm. you know, I knew it before and, and uh, it's just, it changed after the pipeline. Mm -hmm. I'm a post-pipeline guy. I've been in Alaska since your show's been on the air since 1986. So ever since I've been here, the pipeline's been part of my landscape. So mm -hmm. I'm sort of used to it. Yeah, part of your psychological landscape as well as the yeah. actual one. And... Uh, and your dog, how's your dog? My dog is no longer with us. Oh, she, uh, she was uh, 10 when we did the hike and she died at, uh, at 13. Oh. And she, she's, a lab, she's a lab or? A Chocolate lab. Chocolate lab, yeah. It was a good summer. I've got a yellow lab. I have a yellow lab, but I can't imagine putting a pack on him. Was that yeah. a hard trick to learn for a 10-year-old dog? Jane didn't like it too much. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't keep it that heavy. The heaviest it ever was was seven pounds mm. when it was full of food. But she had it every day, and uh, I had mine every day, and we clunked along. Mm -hmm. Your pack was fairly heavy, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, probably about 60, which, uh, looking back, that's a pretty heavy pack. Yeah, and this, this uh, shotgun you were carrying, was that absolutely necessary? I wouldn't carry it today. No. But uh, the fear of bears is pretty deep-seated yeah. in us humans. <laughs> you yeah. just have to stay motionless. <laughs> Not that easy to do when you're being charged by a bear, really. But uh, did you have to, have, ever have to use it? You did use it a couple times, I guess. Just I just used it for fun a couple times. I figured <laughs> if I'm going to carry it that far, I'm going to shoot it a couple times. Yeah. You didn't shoot at the pipeline, I, I presume. No. no just no. for a joke. Attempting target, but I, yeah. I didn't point it that way. The, the engineering feat of the pipeline is, is rather remarkable. One, similar to the Alaska Highway, when you think about what they went through during the war building, building the highway. 
And, uh, but this was rather an amazing engineering feat. And did you actually meet some of the people who worked on the pipeline as, as you went along? It? Yeah, as I wrote the book and uh, called people up afterwards, like there was a section of pipe around Delta Junction where a lot of people wrote their names with sort of this stick that welders use to uh, write on pipe. And uh, a couple guys' names endured for the 20 years from when they built the pipe to when I hiked it. So I, I called a few of those guys up and uh, asked them about their experiences. And uh, one guy was a uh, pipe welder. And he was talking about all bizarre rules that the uh, pipeline company set out. Like they said they had to drink 68 cans of pop a day to keep hydrated. <laughs> And I said, six to eight? And he said, no, 68. <laughs> there were a lot of... Uh... You think you remember that correctly, or has it been a few years now? <laughs> and he sure was cans of pop that he was drinking. How, how, like how many people worked on the pipeline? Do we know? Oh, Total thousands. Yeah. Thousands. And just like uh, Terrence was talking about, the big things that brought people to Alaska, World War II is a big one, and the pipeline was sure a big one, too. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are here today because of the pipeline, maybe because they came and stayed or uh, they just came for some reason related to the pipeline. Yeah. And it's funny, when I, when I flew in from Seattle, I was sitting next to a woman who worked on the pipeline, actually. She's, uh, and now she does things for the Army built, on building bases, you know, uh, for the, not building the bases, but building the headquarters, uh, building the places for the people live in on head, bases, whatever they call those. <laughs> Barracks, I guess they would barracks. be called in the old That's days. It. But uh, yeah, she's worked on it, and she, because you, you had one section in there about the, the how the, the thin walls and the way these people had to, they're working basically like 24 hours a day in some cases on the pipeline, and uh, under really intense living conditions where you could hear everything was going on around you, and uh, yeah, and there's these, um, there were these pipeline camps. There were like 12 of them uh, along the way, and there were little cities that sprang up all of a sudden, and they had movie theaters and big chow halls that bears would wait for the cars to back up. They would know that this car has food in it, so they'd wait. And, uh, uh, you know, thousands of people out in the wilderness in these little pockets. And now the, the camps are pulled up, and they're, some of them are hard to find nowadays. And uh, there's a lot less people out there now than there was then. Mm -hmm. And your, your own experience now in doing the walk, um, what, what sorts of things did you run into? Because I know they, they, they told you in some places people are not going to appreciate your, your being there. Yeah, I heard from some pipeline security people uh, before I left that uh, certain areas you don't want to walk around. One of them was around Kenny Lake. He said, uh, people around there will pull a gun on you, so don't walk around there. So I got to that area, and um, it did look a little shady. Just a lot of houses right near the pipeline, and a lot of stuff. It looked like the rest of Alaska, but they were right on the pipeline. So mm. I thought, well, if they don't want me walking through there with my shotgun and stuff, I'll, I'll walk around. So I did. I walked around the, on the highway uh, down there and uh, avoided some of those people. But uh, I never really had a problem with, with, uh, with people. In fact, people were great. I saw a lot more people than I thought I was going to. I thought it would be more of a solitary journey. It was 120 days long and Probably saw people on 118 of them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, along the way, you sort of became a celebrity as well because people were reading. You were filing stories for the newspaper. Yeah, because I'm a science writer. I work here at the uh, Geophysical Institute at the University of Alaska Fairbanks, mm -hmm. and I write weekly col newspaper columns about science. 
And part of the gig was when I went, I, uh, I had a little computer, a palm-top computer, and that's part of, the, part of why my pack was so darn heavy. Um, I would write columns along the way. And I wrote them also for the local newspaper, the one Dermot works for, the Daily News Miner. And, uh, and they would put it on the front page. Every Sunday, I'd send them something, you know. And they'd have a little map, track Ned and Jane, you know. Oh, yeah. But, of course, Jane was the star. People didn't remember my name. In fact, I... Uh, <laughs> people would sometimes leave bags of food taped to stuff for us. You know, they knew we would pass. And one of them said, for Jane and what's his name? <laughs> Did you, did you encounter any hostile receptions of the kind you're warned about? Or people ever pull weapons on you? Or No. Yeah. No, maybe because I had the shotgun first. They yeah. Didn't, they didn't so you walking with a stainless steel shotgun, they <laughs> tend to respect that. Yeah. Yeah. Why stainless steel, by the way? Uh, so it won't rust. I guess that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> Why aren't they all stainless steel when you think about Good it? Good question. Yeah. Still got the gun? Yeah, I do. Yeah, okay. And uh, tell, tell us more about what you found along the way in some of these places, some of these communities you went through. Well, let's see. Um, you talked about me maybe hitting a golf ball the whole way. I, uh, <laughs> I had, headed to a town called Copper Center. It's about 100 miles from Valdez. I was about 100 miles into my 800-mile summer. And uh, I had met this guy well, I was walking before on the road, and he was a bartender at a bar I stopped at just as I was walking up the road. And he said, stop at my little homestead when you get up there. We'll play some golf. So I think he's off his rocker, you know. But um, it was that day I avoided all the crazy people and walked a long day, a 16-mile day. And I said, hey, I'm near uh, this part of the highway where he said he lives. So uh, I went into another bar and gave him a call and... Uh, he said, yeah, I'm home. Come on over. So I went over to his house and camped on his lawn. And then the next morning, he pulled out his golf clubs. And uh, he's got a nine-hole golf course <laughs> in his boreal forest muskeg backyard. <laughs> so we played nine holes. It was a blast. <laughs> Have you kept up the friendship since then? Or yeah, I see him every once in a while. Yeah. Oh, you do? Oh, that's cool. And a lot of people just wanted to walk along with you, too, for, for parts of, of, the, of the route, didn't they? Did you let them do that? Or is that yeah, like... I, I walked about half alone. I walked about half with other people. Um, yeah, buddies hiked with me, and they'd bring me food and water and stuff and uh, bring Jane dog food. And so, yeah, about half, uh, half solo and half with people. Yeah, and this was during the summer. Basically, but it still must have been pretty difficult as you as you went north, where there were some really difficult areas yeah. to traverse. I started in the south because to start in the north of Alaska in May, you couldn't really do it because it'd be all snow then and 20 below still at night. Um, so I started in the south in Valdez, and uh, it was still pretty cold there for the first month. And then you go over the Chugash Range, and uh, it gets a little. Uh, warmer and then you get uh, over the Alaska range and then you're here in the interior continental climate it's really warm here a lot of mosquitoes and then you walk out in the interior and uh, you get way up to the Brooks range it's our farthest north mountain range and uh, you climb over that then it gets cold then it gets winter again um, that was in August and uh, it snowed on us a couple times in August uh, it's, it's a beautiful place up there but very uh, very threatening if you're on foot mm -hmm. 
Were you killed? I don't know. You didn't feel life threatened at any point, or you, you were, uh, or you're dying? No, no, yeah. it was, uh, it was pretty mellow. Yeah. This and this walk. Had you ever walked? You probably hadn't walked 800 miles before, but are you a walker by nature? Or? No, I, I like to hike, but uh, yeah. this was, uh, it was 800 miles divided by 120 days, whatever that is. I average about six miles a day, I guess. Um, so it wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. I would just uh, walk along, stop. I'd have to stop at every creek because I'd get water from them, drinking water. Mm-hmm. I'd stop, pump my water, take my pack off my dog, and hang out. And, Get up, go again. And I'd only end up going, yeah, about six miles a day. So that's pretty moderate, you know. Yeah. How'd you How'd you come back? I uh, hitchhiked. You did. Yeah, I really wanted to. Uh, uh, there's uh, these truck stops. One's at Coldfoot, and one's at uh, Hilltop, just north of Fairbanks. And they got these truckers' table. And you see the truckers <laughs> there, and they all got their big cups, and <laughs> you know, they all got their special uh, spots at the table. I said, man, I'd love to sit there someday. So I wanted to catch a ride back with a trucker mm-hmm. and maybe sit at that table. Yeah. But uh, it wasn't to be. The truckers, uh, truckers don't pick people up, so <laughs> I was waiting there a long time. <laughs> and finally, this, uh, this tourist, uh, tourist picked me up from Indiana, and uh, he gave me a ride back. Really? Yeah. A trucker will not pick a person up? Is that just... A corporate policy or company policy? Or That's, uh, yeah, they, uh, I've been picked up by truckers before, but uh, sometimes they're in a hurry. They see you there all wet in your rain gear. Yeah, with, with your dog. Yeah, with my dog, so yeah. uh, there's no room. No. <laughs> That's what they say, but they could have stopped. I'm, Maybe. I'm disappointed in those guys. That's what I was thinking. Another, another possible book, The Trucking Pipeline. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of guys do that every every single day. They're doing yeah. it right now. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, you know, and actually, the, the the things I liked about it was when you actually went back and the, the took you took those names off the pipe and called those guys and talked to them and got their stories, and that was very interesting. And and once again, it's what we were talking about earlier. It sort of speaks to the the uh, the Alaska experience and the the, the character of people and uh, who come here and people who stay and uh, you know, the effect it has on people. Did you did you? I mean, what did you learn about that as as you? as you went along this route. It must, it must have been quite a learning experience. Well, I kind of learned that everybody's kind of a lot like me, who's a lot like everybody else, you know? Yeah. Um, just sort of everybody, even if it's somebody up north who's um, doing some mining up north of Wiseman or whatever, and I'm not a miner. I'll probably never be a miner, and um, it's not a lifestyle I... I know that I'd like, but um, I mean, they like some of the same stuff I like, you know. They like being out there all day, having no boss, moving the dirt, being in a beautiful place, um, you know, seeing the animals, being somewhat free, you know. Um, That seemed to be a theme um, with all the people I met in the book. And uh, yeah, it seemed like everybody was, was here for a reason. Well, it's it's a really an enjoyable book. Uh, Walking my dog Jane from Valdez to Prudhoe Bay, along the Trans Alaska Pipeline, and uh, I, I recommend you pick this up. And it's really it's 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 a good one. 
Well, is there another project in mind? I know you mentioned, we mentioned other walking projects. Is there anything else along these lines? Or? Uh, nothing along those lines. I do a lot uh, shorter trips now. And uh, my biggest adventure now is uh, my wife over there. Can you stand up, Kristen? If you could see her silhouette, you know what I'm talking about. I gotcha. Congratulations. Thanks. Ned, nice to talk to you. Nice to meet you. Pleasure. Thank you. Ned Rosella, gentlemen. Walking my dog, Jane. How about a little band number, you guys? Okay. Uh, yeah. Jimmy, got to read anything there? Do you want to... Jump in right quick with that, or no? I'll do it after the okay, okay. musical number.
Thank you. At NotMuch.com, you're listening to Michael Feldman's What Do You Know from PRI, Public Radio International. Support for today's show brought to you by the University of Alaska with 16 campuses set among unparalleled natural beauty. The University of Alaska has over 430 degree programs to choose from. Start your path to inspired higher learning at the University of Alaska. More information at alaska.edu. What do you know quiz? We've got to drag someone out of the audience here forcibly if we have to, bring them up on stage. But first, I just want to Bill uh, Bregoff, Fairbanks, retired dentist. What is bratwurst? Uh, and, and why do people from Wisconsin talk through their hoses? <laughs> Noses! Okay. A bratwurst I can explain. Oh, yeah. You don't, don't you have bratwurst in the last? You went to the bathroom? Yes. Okay, well, forget about it. I don't have time for that. Have you been to Skinny Dick's halfway in yet? Yes, I have been. Uh, oh, I know what I want to see. There is someone here who claims he has a Michael Feldman tattoo, and I can't leave town without seeing that, obviously. And, uh, I can't believe it's true. It's Eric Stevens, who's a uh, meteorologist here. Where, first, let me ask where it is first. Look, he's got the Not Much 20 t-shirt there, our anniversary t-shirt, and he's got, uh, yeah. Where, where, where would this tattoo be? This is radio, right? Yeah. Okay, I'll show you. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> there it is! Yeah. Okay. I, I really don't have a Michael Feldman. Ah. You know what? I'm very relieved. Thank you very much for not having My first tattoo will be a Michael Feldman. Thanks, Eric. Nice to meet you, too. Okay, well, that was a pretty close call, wasn't it? Or maybe not. All right, we're going to play another round of the quiz. Now, you didn't get a chance the first time. You won't get a chance this time, probably, but one of you will. Who is that going to be? That one person. We should, uh, in fairness, uh, we need a, uh, I think we need a female. Yeah? Yeah? Okay, if you feel you're ready for this, you are? Robin. Robin, where are you from, here? Fairbanks, yeah. What do you do for in life, Robin? Um, I work at DNR, the Department of Natural Resources, and I work at the Rasmussen Library right next door. You're, you're over, overly committed. <laughs> I guess so. Robin, give me one good reason why you should play this quiz. Because I've never listened to your entire show before. Oh, <laughs> this is the farthest you've ever gotten in. Okay, well that's good, Robin. Let's see if we can get you through the rest of this. She has to listen. She's on it. Come on down, Robin. Be careful on these. They're designed to kill you. Okay, have a seat there if you would. Robin, you a married person, single person? Single. Are you? You know, if we could get somebody, I could marry you, because I think the license is still good. <laughs> you know, it'd be kind of a rush job here, but there'd be time to do it. And, uh, okay, so you really do, do, you do uh, things besides work? It seems like you're working 24 hours a day, basically. Right now, I do mostly work, but uh, yeah. I have an active hobby life. I have a dog. Okay. In Alaska, that qualifies as a good social life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much my social life too, as I think about it. So I, that's not unusual. And then, and do you recreate? Yeah, I recreate. Yeah. How do you recreate? Mm, I do different things at different times. I mm -hmm. 
cross-country ski a little bit in the winter, I'm really bad. It's really like a sport for like people like Jeff's wife, you know, the tall, skinny Nordic types, yeah. but you know, I do the best <laughs> I can. Okay, anything else besides, uh, um, what, what about uh, snow machining? Uh, no, I'm not really into motorized sports. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, if you, I, I have sort of a rule. I like to. <laughs> what's, what's your rule? I like to do something where I don't have to carry my own stuff, uh -huh. but doesn't require a motor. Oh. So like I like horseback riding, yeah. skiing, yeah. canoeing, kayaking. That's okay. kind of my rule. Not motorized. <laughs> uh, what about planes? You don't believe in planes? You just gliders or what? You know. So <laughs> some things need motors. Well, let's say. you fly to get somewhere, I guess. Yeah. But. Okay. All right. <laughs> Are you from here originally, Robin, or are you from? No, I'm originally from Holliston, Massachusetts. Oh, you are. And what, what, wow, a contingent. I saw some signs, actually. You have a contingent here. Yeah. yeah, when I came in. What brought you to Alaska? Um, I came here to go to college. Yeah, okay. I, went to, I got my degree in wildlife management and my degree, my master's degree in natural resource management here. Wow, that's fantastic. Okay, well, Robin, someone out there plays along with you. That's how this works. And how do we do this again, Jim? Someone grabs the telephone dials first, 800-474-5822, and answer the qualifying question. Explain what this means, making a big score at the transfer station. <laughs> let's, go to the, let's go to the phones right now. Carrie, do you know what making a big uh, score at the transfer station means? I sure do. No, oh, what does it mean? It means you found some really good stuff to pick up and take home with you. So, in the dumpster? Well, no, usually beside the dumpster. Beside the dumpster. Okay, so it's nearly dumpster diving. But not, that's right, Carrie. On the platform. We're, on the platform. Yeah. <laughs> at the transfer station. All right, Carrie, you're on. You're in Seattle, is that right? Yes, I am. Yeah. You spend a lot of time up in Alaska? Uh, born and raised, actually, and I live in Seattle now. Oh, you do? Okay, where were you born? I was born in Fairbanks. In Fairbanks. My mom and dad are in the audience. Hi, mom. Hi, dad. Oh, your mom and dad are here. Where's mom and dad? They, hi, mom, they're, hi, they're, dad. they're not admitting it if they are. <laughs> there they are. Okay, we identified them. It's Carrie. She doesn't call. They'd forgotten your voice. You, really, you know, yeah. you should call more often. Carrie, this is Robin. She's your partner in crime here. Oh, fun. Hi. Hello. All right, the two of you bonded sufficiently. We'll, we'll go on then. I, I mean, think so. You are a team. You are a brain trust. And uh, here are the categories that we have. Those categories are current events. People, places, things you should have learned in school had you been paying attention, science, or odds and ends. Okay. Carrie, we'll let you pick the first one. What would you like? Let's go with odds and ends. Odds and ends is a good place to start, I guess. Uh, forgetting why, I guess. How many times did the moose cross the road in January? Now, this is a moose who was wired because they just wanted to see how many times the thing actually would cross a road. This is in January. Uh, was it a dozen times, 56, or 85 times? Well, I think it just walked right down the center of the road. <laughs> I don't know how they'd count that, actually. Um, 85. What was the answers again? A dozen, 56, 85. She th eight says 85. 85. It was 85 really high. Was, yeah, 85 is right. Wow. Yay! I'm surprised. One right, no wrong. Yeah, you know, Moose always thinks something's better on the other side of, of the road. It's very much like us when you think about it. Uh, what's left there, Jim? Current events, people, places, school, or science. Okay. I'm always going to pick science. Science is your thing. All right, speaking of climate change, in case you were, the Arctic Ocean uh, could have passed for the Caribbean only 50, 75, or 100 million years ago. I'm going to defer to you, Robin. I have no idea. 
You sure you know about a moose crossing the road? I do. Get I don't know, 100 million years ago? 50, 75, or 100. You say 100 million? 100, that's my guess. I don't know. Carrie, run well, away. We'll in. go with that. 50. Only, oh. only 50, 50 million, million years, years ago. ago. Yeah. It seemed like 100 million. Yeah, it seems like 100 million. <laughs> but it was only 50. Because the winters were so long. The water was 74 degrees year round, they discovered. So at that point, so. One right, no wrong. Okay. I no. mean, one right, one wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought that's what you said. Maybe I wasn't listening. What's left then, Jim? Current events, people, places, or school. Okay. Gary? Current events? Current events, right out of the news, maybe not. Who described environmentalists as waffle-stopping, Harvard-graduating intellectual idiots that don't understand they're leading this country into environmental disaster? <laughs> Who might have said that? I'm not sure I can answer that question and continue to work at DNR. <laughs> 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 okay, yeah, well, she defers to you, Carrie. And, uh, you know <laughs> oh who, my goodness. what individual, well known individual um, in politics? I, I, I'll tell you that much. Well, would it be a big GW? Possibly a congressman. Oh, probably say congressman. Hmm. Possibly. <laughs> Well-known uh, views on environmentalists. You know, I have no idea. I'd rather turn the TV on more often, huh? Pardon me? Uh, Ted Stevens? No congressman. Not uh, congressman. Don Young. Not, possibly not a senator. <laughs> possibly. So you're thinking Don Young. Can you say that and still maintain your position? Don Young? Yeah. Carrie, you go along with that? Sure. Yes, it's Don Young. He's <laughs> <laughs> unquotable. Don Young also told a reporter, you can kiss my ear. <laughs> and one time said, perseverance will beat out intelligence every time. So uh, there you go. <laughs> Speaks for itself. And that... Uh, Two right, one okay. wrong. Okay, that's very good. We're not doing very good. What's left? People, places, school. People, places, school. 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 Okay. Things you should have learned in school. Uh, in Alaska, you have to pull over if you are impeding more than three four, or five vehicles. <laughs> Hi, how you doing? Good to see you. <laughs> They're all saying five. I think it should be three, but you know. I think it's one the way they drive, actually. <laughs> you impede one vehicle, you don't see him again That's in, right. in your lifetime. I'm in favor of the mobile home lane, but you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, it's really coming to being yeah. it. So what are you leading towards here? Five. 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 Five is right. Five vehicles. <laughs> it's not a real life thing because they won't stand for it that long. And uh, yeah, what do they want? Well, Carrie, you'll celebrate your quiz victory with a case of beer from the Silver Gulch Brewing and Bottling Company, makers of Fairbanks Lager and Pickaxe Porter, among other fine brews. You can enjoy that with a three pack of Captain Jim's Smoked Salmon from Riverboat Discovery. Sweeten up the basket of pure Alaskan birch syrups and delicious birch jelly from the Alaskan Birch Syrup Company. Head out on the open road with a canvas bag of t shirts from all five Harley-Davidson stores in Fairbanks, Denali Park, Ketchikan, Juneau, and Skagway from Fairbanks, Harley-Davidson, farthest north outpost. And Robin, when it gets cold at the North Pole, you'll heat things up with a wooden crate of hot sauces, including Frosty's Fire Sauce, Red Hot Rudolph, Screaming Santa, two tasty barbecue sauces from Santa's Hot Pepper Workshop, cool off with some ice cream from Hot Licks Homemade Ice Cream made here in Fairbanks, take in musical culture with season tickets to the Fairbanks Light Opera Theater, and get ready for next winter with a cozy hat and double fleece mitts packed inside a handsome shoulder bag from Apocalypse Design Incorporated. Congratulations to both of you. Thanks, Carla. Thanks for playing the quiz. Great job. Nice to meet you.
Gary, hang on. Let's get that stuff. Public Radio, and for today's show, from the Fairbanks Convention and Visitors Bureau, the gateway to an authentic Alaskan adventure energized by summer's land of midnight sun and enthralled by winter's unsurpassed display of northern lights. More information at explorefairbanks.com. Bye-bye, Mike. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Fairbanks. Thank you, Alaska. It's great to be here. We're having a great time. Thank you so much for all your kindness. John Tooling on the piano. Jeff Hammond on the bass. Clyde Stubblefield on the drum. Jim Packard, as always. On PRI, Public Radio International.